Welcome to Talk It Out with Tab. I'm your host, Tab, creating a safe space for you to share your truth. Let's talk it out as we walk into our existence of thriving together. Good people, today I am super, super excited because I have my best friend. I like to refer to her as, she doesn't have a stage name, but I'm going to call her comedian, Katrina Braxton. Katrina, how are you tonight, girl? I'm very, very, very good. And I'm beyond honored to be on my sister, my best friend's uh, show. Watching you shine and grow in this space has been amazing. Thank you so much. I'm, listen, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, you know? I'm okay. trying to get rid of all my stage fright because you can get on the stage and you can command the audience. A lot of people can't do that. Um, a lot of people, they will soon come to know your name as a household name that makes families laugh. But when you get on stage, <laughs> the energy shift and you command a stage. Aww. You know I'm a hard critic. Tell the truth. Tell the people the truth. It's okay. Yes, that's the truth. Yes, it is true. And you literally saw me the first time I ever got on stage. And I want to thank you because you passed me not one. I think you passed me like three shots of tequila before I got up on stage just to make sure I, I had was to get okay. you right. Oh, yes, you did. God bless you. Loosen you all your muscles. Corner. Yes. <laughs> Just, just shake it out. Loosen yes, all you your muscles. You, you were there for me, honey. Yes. Woo, child. 10 years ago. Almost it was 10 years ago. Almost 11 years in September. Yep. Wow. Yep. So yep. how is yep. it going? How is comedy treating you? How is, not just comedy though. Let's not limit it to just comedy. Yes, you are funny. Yes, you enjoy being a stand-up comedian, but you've been in movies. You've been on TV shows. Let's talk about how it's been for you as an entertainer. <laughs> it, it seems odd answering that question right now because this past year has been like none other for everyone, not just for comedians and entertainers. But uh, prior to the, the virus, pre-BC, the game, you go to your open mics, you saw me, you literally saw me from the, from the beginning of it. You go to open mics, and then from there you start meeting other comedians, and I have been so blessed and fortunate that I would meet comics who really kind of took me under their wing, and, and then um, you bomb. You do horrible. You saw the good shows, girl. Thank God. Because if you had seen the other shows, you would be like, Trina, let me tell you something. Let me pull you aside for a second. I'm like, it's time to tap out. It's time to, yeah, it's enough. Enough is enough. But <laughs> I did those horrible shows. Ooh, girl, I'm telling you, there is nothing like, this is how I know I love comedy. And I've said this, and it is true. Comedy has become like a horrible boyfriend that I can't break up with. You know what I'm saying? I no, just we won't liken it to that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Well, that's what it. No, no, no. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you why. You love him, but you know you need to leave him. That's what comedy is for me because you. There is more. I think there's more of a. a I don't want to say struggle because that's negative, but there's more of. A, ooh, those rough times, and then you get those few moments where you are good on stage or you get an audition that goes well or you do have an opportunity that is like a big break but for them all the times honey when you're just sitting on the stage and people are looking at you like why is this girl here why is she talking out loud can someone remove her please like those are the other parts yeah and those parts are real honey and, and you drive home crying and you're like you know questioning your life decisions <laughs> 
And how, what do you do to pick yourself up when you have moments like that, when you have to drive home crying? I mean, because it is really hard to stay motivated and try to make people laugh when you have moments when you are feeling down yourself. So how are you like getting yourself back in the game, especially after a night, let's say if you have shows back to back, let's say tonight you had a show, you bomb, and then mm-hmm. you're driving home, you're crying, your nerves are shot, and yet and still you have to put on this happy face tomorrow to get back on stage. What are you doing right. to, to get there? Well, I think that just is, I mean, I love comedy. I truly love stand-up comedy. So there's nothing else I want to do. And this is how I know I love it. And any comedian who is who has done this long enough and they're still doing it, despite those moments, you keep going. You have, like, I literally can't quit. That's why I'm saying it. It's like a boyfriend I love. I love him. I'm not going to leave him. This is what's not going to happen. He may cheat on me. All my girls were like, "Uh uh-uh, Trina, you need to leave him. But I love him, though. I can't leave him because, you know, that's my baby. I'm not going to leave him. So um, So we are certainly not going to endorse that on this show. If you have a bad boyfriend, you (laughs) shall leave him. Okay, you have permission. Please. This is Tab giving you permission to check out and exit stage left. Right. But comedy, however is your passion let's be honest, is your purpose there are some people in some some very uh dysfunctional relationships and that's why they stay together because you know they i don't know yeah, there's something I mean, some, about it some people like dysfunction but i i wouldn't call your i call your journey with comedy maybe hard but would we call it dysfunctional like, do you think you're going to just stick to only stand-up comedy like there are many different forms of comedy right mm-hmm. so you have been in funny sh- movies. You've been in, on mm-hmm. funny shows. What do you think about those um, different aspects of doing comedy and bringing joy to people? Well, all those things are great. And, and I love that too. But at my core, I'm always 100% in love with stand-up comedy. There is nothing like being in front of a live audience. And, and truly when people are like, oh, I could never do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how to do it either, quite frankly. But there is like something else comes over you. And and when you feel that, and to answer your other question before, when you were saying, well, what do I do when when I do bomb and I'm having those bad days or I just don't feel funny? Honestly, sometimes I've been the selfish one where I'm going on stage, uh, but it's my own therapy. The truth that comedy comes from pain. We are talking about things. I mean, Tabitha, you've seen my, my set. I'm talking about being lonely and sad and, and single or I talk about the struggles of being a black woman. That was one of my very first jokes because I was feeling some kind of way about this. So what stand-up does is allows you to get out and basically vent. And if someone happens to laugh at it, which I'm grateful that they do, wonderful, but it's helping me. It's almost like a therapy. And really, that's the only reason why I do it. Otherwise, why would somebody, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for other people, but it goes both ways. I love to make people laugh, mm-hmm. but comedy has also been a savior for me. I remember when I first started, um, maybe a year after I went through a, a bad breakup with, we won't name names, but you you remember him, girl, one of my loves in Atlanta. No, we will not name names. We won't this name is names. not the podcast for it. This is not that podcast. But one that, thing we but, don't do on this podcast is name names and gossip. <laughs> we don't name names. That's right. 
tell the truth. The devil, mm-mm, devil is a lie. But I remember I was so hurt. And that was like a year or two I got into, and stand-up comedy really helped me get through that heartbreak. Then another time was like when my father passed away. Stand-up comedy yeah. really helped me get through it because that was something that he and I had shared together and I had to keep going. So it's just always been there for me. That's that's my vent. That's my way to, you know what I'm saying? It like kind of helps out. Yeah, I get it. It's your therapy. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah. But the other forms of comedy, you said it just doesn't hit you the same because you really feed off of that, um, that live audience. You feed off of that live laughter. Yeah, it's instant. Mm-hmm. There oh, is the an instant, instant gratification. It's an instant gratification. Absolutely. Instantly get to feel the love from an audience, which is imagine what it feels like to be in front of a bunch of strangers. Because majority of the times that I do a show, it's no one in the audience that I know. And you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. And you do this thing you it's like a dance you know it's like i'm introducing myself i'm asking them well can i take you know will you take my hand let's take this dance and they come along with me and i cannot extract describe to you the feeling of what it's like when they they let you take them on this journey and they're they're rocking with you and they're dancing with you and you're just you're feeding off of each other's energy it is the most that's what i'm saying i will never Despite everything I've gone through, and you know the struggles, Tabitha, mm-hmm. I have I have literally centered my world around becoming a better stand-up comedian. So I can just yeah. feel that moment. And it might be 10, 15 minutes, but that 10, 15 minutes is, is life. So um, there are other parts of comedy. And those are good as well. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to keep moving forward. There's so many things to do. I love opportunities for acting and writing. You know, they go hand in hand. I love those too. And what are some of the, um, what, what were some of the, your favorite projects outside of stand-up comedy? Introduction to television when I was on True TV as um, on different episodes where I would have to commentate on basically stupid videos. If you, YouTube, True TV Greatest Ever. I had the pleasure of working with some really cool producers and the host was Amanda Seals from HBO Secure. And um, up until then I had never been on TV and I had to learn how to collaborate with other people, which, you know, stand-up comedy, you're by yourself, you're probably writing by yourself. But this was, it was hard for me at first. But then I was like, okay, Katrina, do this. And now when I look back on it, I'm putting together some old clips and I look at all the people who were on that show. It's Tiffany Haddish and, you know, a lot of comedians who were on this same show that I was yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I did that for 13 seasons or 13 episodes, excuse 13 me. Episodes. So 13 episodes. So I'm like, okay. That's and it huge. Wasn't easy. It, but it was a, it was, but I needed that to grow. Mm-hmm. and to build my confidence that's all what is life right if we're not girl we're and, but going. i'm gonna tell you sometimes we're hard but girl sometimes i remember one of the <laughs> producers oh my gosh and i mean you're just sitting in front of a green screen and i would have my little jokes ready i'm thinking they're hilarious and he would just be like yeah hmm um that's good. Cool, cool, cool. How about we try this? Like, you're just him 
and a cameraman and the sound people and quiet on the set. So you try being funny. Yeah, like you don't get any feedback. I get it. It's so now you don't get any feedback. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was fun. See how it came out and then I always have it. I was like, okay, that was cool. Um, but yeah, the other things were, I mean, I'm looking forward to more opportunities. The last TV thing I did was on Always Sunny and it was a small part. So please don't anybody go look this up trying to see me. If you blink, you will miss my speaking part. But it was the whole experience of being on the set, being in my own trailer. You know, like when you start seeing those opportunities open up and then I'm like, wow, I got here because 10 years ago I decided to try an open mic show to see how it went from that into now, you know, other things. So. I think it takes definitely a special personality to do it because as you were talking about it and saying, you know, imagine being a room, in a room with all these strangers and feeding off their energy, that terrifies me. I don't want to be around a bunch of strangers and I don't want them to be drawn to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, I get it. A lot of people, you're not, you're certainly not the first person to tell me that. Everyone I've ever met when I talk to them about doing stand-up the next thing they tell me is like, I can't believe you do that or I would be so afraid. But there's something I think that everyone does that takes a lot of courage. You're a parent, you know? I could look at you and be like, I don't know how that takes a lot of strength. And you're doing it and you love it. So I think everyone has something. Comedy, stand-up comedy is not for everybody. No, it is not. I would never tell anyone to just go and try it unless they really, really want to. But, you know, that's my man. That's my boo, honey. I'm not leaving him. So, you know. Well, how do you stay relevant in comedy? I mean, you know, you were recently in L.A. working, Mm -hmm. right, working Mm -hmm. on your comedy. Now you have transitioned back to the East Coast. So how are you staying relevant? Let's be really real. Back to my mama's house. Listen, um, (laughs) we are going to be real. Let's be real on this podcast. How do you stay relevant when you're in your mama's extra bedroom house trying to uh, be funny? I don't know, Tabitha. Um, fill me in. Um, I This has probably been the hardest part for me in my adult life, not even just for career-wise. Just like, mm-hmm. how, do we, how are we all staying positive and mental in life? Mm-hmm. Let alone for a comedy show. Um, myself, personally... I have relied heavily on, um, let me just say it, my my best friend, Jack Daniels. Also, um, really has helped me stay through this time. He's been great and he's always there. Um, No, it's it's hard. I've never experienced this before. I'm in New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. So um, I know different parts of the country are different, but we're basically in a shutdown and there's not a lot of comedy shows going on in New Jersey anyway. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. I don't think any of your listeners are going to be surprised by that, but yeah. Uh, Philadelphia next door, they're completely shut down, not even outdoor. I think they're trying to open up in a few weeks. So I say that to say, I mean, most of the comedy clubs are closed, are shut down. Wow, well, here in Georgia, we're open, open. Yeah, y'all said, listen, we're going to open for five days and then we'll come back. I'm not mad at you. I mean, but then when I talk to my comedy friends in Georgia, they're like, we haven't skipped a beat. We're still able to, you know, work these rooms. 
And I gotta tell you, it's been, I've talked to you personally about this. It has truly been a struggle for me. This is the longest I have ever been away from the stage. It sounds, I hope it doesn't come off like vanity because again, it it's not even just so much. It's your job. I, I mean, oh, that's what you do. That's your job. And I feed off of it. Again, this goes back to, I don't think I realize how much I need to be, I'm almost worried about myself. Like, Katrina, do you really need to be in front of people that bad? But I do, not off off of like, I need you to validate me, but it's something that I truly, truly miss. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's nothing like it. And at this point, I wouldn't care if it was two people in the whole, you know what I mean? Just to get that feeling again. So um, how am I working on it? I've gone to a lot of writing. I've written a, I've never written any type of screenplays. And then during COVID, I was like, all right, Katrina, you know, you gotta do something with all these voices in your head, honey. Because oh Lord, I think I said voices. <laughs> Not thoughts, are. but voices. They're voices, let's be real. And I think you've met some of them, Tabitha, but anyway. Because normally <laughs> I had a stage to go to and the voices would get out there and now they don't have anywhere to go so this has been a little trying time for me because the voices is still talking and um it's you Katrina so I've been writing a lot of jokes and a lot of material and 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 then thank god I started taking a screenplay class and now you're like okay you can write characters and that's been helpful um and then I have been resisting this but I resist it anymore which I have been, and a lot of comedians I know, they're like, yeah, I do it, but I don't really want to. Nobody really wants to tell jokes in front of a computer screen, but this is where we are at. So yeah, embrace the new normal. And that is um, virtual comedy shows. And I'm trying to look at it in a, I mean, I think it is positive in a way because then like, for example, I'm doing a show this Saturday night, my first virtual comedy show. I've never done this before. And um, it's for a good cause, so they're going to raise money. But they're doing a comedy show marathon. The Children's Brain Brain Tumor Foundation. There are probably, like, over 200 comics that are going to be. So they're starting Friday night till Sunday. So basically, we're trying to set the world's record for the longest comedy show. And um, the thing is now with virtual, we're opened up to a, a broader audience. So when the producer hit me up about it, he was like, look, you know, yeah, you'll be on at 1 a.m., but there'll, there will still be people watching from different, you know, East Coast, West Coast, different parts of the world, of course, if they're marketing it. Different countries, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanna help the kids. Right. And so now that's how I'm trying to look at this, Tabitha, you know, with this, like I said, all jokes aside, this has been a really hard time for me. And I know it's been hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. My personal experience, this has been a hard time for me because I haven't had my outlet to be on stage. And so now I have to just evolve. You know, you've been telling me this for a long time, like Trina, you need to get on with, you know, the internets, but you know, I'm 95 years old. I don't know what these kids are into. I don't know so. what these kids are into either, honey. My son has to help me with a lot of it, but you know, I'm here I am making it, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to evolve. And that's mm. the only way to really stay 
relevant in an ever-evolving industry you know your next comedy show when is that going to be because i think that this will air by then okay so my first zoom comedy show that i'm hosting and i'll be putting on is set for february 13th saturday all right the night before all that loving um i'm gonna be (laughs) broadcasting live from my mama's house so it's gonna be a lot of love, a lot of wine. I think I'm definitely gonna, there's gonna be a lot of wine. And, um, you know, great comedians. I, I will post it on Eventbrite. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have the tickets there. And uh, tune in, it's gonna be a good time for, uh, and please, if there's anyone who is truly in love, you're invited to the show, but I don't wanna see any love and affection. Keep that to yourself, please. Be mindful that, you know. Hey, you're like you. a hater right see. now. I am, I am, okay? This is, that's not what this is for. We don't want to see you on your date nights. Thanks, Michelle and Barack. We don't want to hear how beautiful your love is, okay? You do, you do. Listen, Valentine's Day is going to look very different this year. Mm. And so you do want to attract couples who are on their date nights, who are looking for an interesting and new, listen, couples, I, I know you heard what she I said. I want them here. I just don't listen. want, if I see any holding hands or or even just, you know, sharing each other's popcorn, you're out. I don't want to see any of that. For the couples listening, I got your back, okay? I'm going to be the <laughs> moderator. I'm going to I'm gonna be the moderator of this thing here, okay? I'm letting you in. You can stay in. Hold your uh, hands. We need to see a little bit of black love. We need to see a little bit of white love. We need to see all the love. Six feet just, separation, Okay, please. all right. Um, she's, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it after, okay? I got you guys. I guess I'll be happy. I mean, you know, it's fine. Jokes aside, I really hope that this can be just a nice way to kind of escape for all of us from from what, you know, we're dealing with right now. We are in some serious stuff in this moment in, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, I'm going to do my best to bring the best uh, entertainment and all are welcome. That's it. You know, just come ready to laugh. That's it. I'm excited about that. I really am. And, you know, I wanted to, I mean, this is one of the new ways that you're learning how to express your creativity. And I mean, Zoom is really what you are limited to now. And you mentioned something earlier, Twitch. I don't know about that platform, so I'll have to check it out. But have you thought of going on other platforms? I know that you are on your way trying to get onto Clubhouse. Um, you can even do live comedy shows in there. And that's a way to, inter- to uh, interact with your guest. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually talking with another uh, comedian who I've hosted shows with for, it was over a year now back in LA, but he was talking about doing this on Clubhouse. You over here making podcasts with, you know, sip of tea and celestial and mint and green tea flavor. I love it, Tabitha. You better, girl. You've always been so classy. Always been so classy. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know what a class act this is you have here. Because her Frank Katrina on the other side, trash, let me tell you. <laughs> My show will be called Sipping the Empty Bottle of Jack Daniels. That's what Okay, so truth be told, I mean, we're not going to go back into the chronic, um, to the, we're not going to go back into the college chronicles. <laughs> right. we have seen each other drunk many a time. You were the first person I ever had a like my first experience with alcohol was with you. What was it? Do you remember? It was. We were in the dorm. I think it was Stetson East or Stetson West. 
Right. They, they mixed that. They mixed that drink first. It was Coke and what was, it I was Alizé. The girl's name. Was it? No, it wasn't. Al, it was not Alizé. I didn't. Have we Alizé. weren't drinking Alizé. Okay. It was your friend. She her name began with a K, and she always that was the first girl I knew to wear like wigs. She always used to wear the wigs. Yes. You remember she her? Did. She yes. mixed me a Coke and rum. I had never. Oh. Yes, she did. I did not drink Alizé. And remember, we were you doing a cartwheel in the hallway? We were doing, we were doing ballet. Hallway. I wasn't doing cartwheels. It was like dancing in the hall. Yeah, it was it was pretty sad. But that was that was my first time introduction. Um, those girls were experienced, weren't they, Tad? Yeah, they were. They were experienced. They were experienced. <laughs> I, I wasn't drinking. I was afraid of my mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They taught us a lot. But they hey. They were. It, they it knew all kind- about how to drink. They know all about how to drink and how to do a lot of other things. So we learned a lot yeah. freshman year in college. Yes, we did. That's, that's okay. That's all right. Yep. Yes, we did. I mean, we needed to learn. I, I mean, we were already adults then. Technically, yeah. we were 18 years old. Sure. And we were green. You would have put me in the adult category, but, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your book did I cut out glow a... in the dark. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Yeah. It glowed but, in the dark. We, we learned a lot and, and good thing we learned a lot together because we always held each other accountable because guess what? We both know each other's mamas. Mothers, yes, yeah. We, we knew that our yeah. mothers were. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time? Mothers don't play. My mom called a dorm room and I wasn't at the dorm room. You oh, were please don't bring that up. I still feel so bad about it. But I think because. Ladies and gentlemen. In all fairness. When Katrina sleeps, <laughs> she talks, okay? It's like the voices. It's like See, truth serum. I told you, you've heard some of the voices before. Yeah, it's That's like truth serum. I was at my my boyfriend's house, my college boyfriend. I was at his house, mm-hmm. and my mom yes, always was. called at night. And Miss mm-hmm. Katrina woke up in the middle of the night and tells her, "Oh, Tabitha's not here. Tabitha's at yeah ex's house." And guess what? My mother well, did. She drove all the way. I- from New York to Boston, Did Massachusetts. She drive Katrina, how could you forget Katrina? I, I had to come home. I remember driving there. I just remember her being like a little upset. A little upset. Driving. She was four <laughs> hours, four and a half hours upset. There. She drew. She drove. She was. You don't understand though. Upset. This is this is the difference though. I your mother scares me like my mom scares me or did scare me. So when she was like, where is Tabitha? I didn't have the quick reflex in my brain to think of how to lie. And I knew she knew, like Tabitha. And I'm like, Tabitha, funny you should mention that name. You know, I was just thinking about her. Like there was really nothing. She totally caught me off guard. And um, yeah, it basically was like, I was just, I was afraid of her. I, I apologize to this day. I, I just was so scared. I, th- I thought she was going to kill me, but I was saying it scared. Just like how you do with comedy. You get up on stage and you say it scared. <laughs> yeah. You've never been. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know. We are definitely, we were definitely different kids. I'm sure. Because I think you were one of those kids that was just like, I don't care if I get a whooping. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm-mm. Yeah, see, I always cared. Mm-mm. See, I don't yeah. I'm the kind of kid where it's better to give me a punishment because I don't like things being withheld. So, you know, if you tell me that I have this 
particular thing that's being withheld for X amount of days and there's no end date, then that's like torment for me. If you say, I'm gonna get a whooping, big deal. Like I get the whooping, it hurts, I'm over it. And once you stop hitting me, done. Okay. That's where you and I have also been very different. We are on completely mm-hmm. different spectrums on that. Yeah. I, I really don't like confrontation um, to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's certainly been times when I've needed to speak up quite frankly and I don't because I don't want to end up in a disagreement with someone so I think that also played a part with especially with my relationship with my mom I'm like I don't want her to be mad mm-hmm. and you were that kid that was like okay you mad and what so <laughs> that's just where and then it's funny, I go into something like comedy where you literally need, well, maybe that's why I do it, because you need people to laugh at you and, and to like you, right? So, I don't know. Again, all of these probably should have been dealt with by a medical professional, the therapist for me, but. So you've been at this for 10 years now. So how long are you gonna um, continue and stick at comedy? I, I That's a great question. I, I really don't. I never looked at it, I guess, like, uh, what am I going to be done with this? Initially, when I tried it, it was just to see, you remember, you know, I always wanted to do stand-up. I always wanted to try stand-up. And then when I did it and it seemed good, I never looked at it like, oh, I'll do this until such and such date. Um... Now that was 10 years ago. Now, um, <laughs> 40 year old Katrina. Um, I honestly think I would always do comedy. It may okay. not be my source of income or just my source of my world. I mean, I, I do hope in the future that maybe there, I might have a family or other things going on in my world that would take, you know, precedent over me you know going down to the local comedy club just watching you how you've navigated through this journey it truly Mm -hmm. is like a calling for you it's it truly is a calling for you to entertain people and to make people laugh I know there's so much more that I would like to do and I still haven't so that's where sometimes I kind of just compare it to not a bad boyfriend but let's say you're with someone for a long time and you're in love with them you know they're in love with you and you want to take it to the next level like you want to get married Mm -hmm. it almost feels like a boyfriend that i'm living with i know he loves me i love him but he still hasn't asked me to marry him it's like well sir come on now now what are you waiting for i got this you gotta commit picked out come on (laughs) i feel like sometimes it has been like okay I love you, comedy, but maybe we could take it to the next level. Perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good analogy. You know what I mean? You need to take yeah. it to the next level. Now, yeah. what would you tell uh, um, someone who's trying to get into comedy? And it, I know it's going to be really tough, especially now, but someone who really wants to entertain and be a stand-up comic, what kind of encouragement and what kind of advice can you leave them with? Well, first, honestly, I would say if you really want to do it, just, you just have to do it. Meaning you, you cannot, my only regret that I've had ever with this whole journey with doing stand-up comedy 
is that I didn't start sooner. Because you know, I was in college wanting to try stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. It took me almost 10 years before I finally got the courage to go on stage. Everything happens for a reason, blah, blah, blah. But if I had to do it all over again, I would have done it much sooner. So I think sometimes when I meet people and they share that they want to try stand-up comedy, I immediately tell them, just do it. Just jump in, don't think about it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Um, and then from there, you know, plug in. I, I, I really am grateful because comedy, although it is literally a one-man show, there is such a community that I have found from living in different cities. You can be in Philly, Atlanta, but there's people who know people. We're a small enough group, I guess I would say. And then especially for women, because I do feel a special place for female comedians, um, you know, because I did deal with some of that intimidation. It is a very male-dominated industry, whatever you want to call it. Like every industry. Like every industry. And I can remember even from some female comics, God, older girls who would tell me like, oh, well, you know, you can't be pretty and be a comedian or... Um, or I used to hate when MCs would introduce me and uh, come to the stage next, we got a female. Well, why, why do you have to announce that there's a female now? It's you almost know, like be easier. Well, come to the stage, we have a, a guy, a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, so, but I took that and I was just like, no, I'm gonna use this to my advantage. This is what makes me unique. And there's so many, um, great female comics out there and the only other thing I would tell to someone if they really want to do it of course you got to work at it that's for all of us you got to keep writing keep doing it and don't be too harsh on yourself um comedy is subjective I was talking with a friend of mine about that the other day lord jesus you go to one club one night tell the same jokes in the same order do the same act outs whatever and have people crying and go to another stage and it just Crickets. falls flat. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's really good advice. You know yeah. what? I'm so proud of you. I've got to say, I'm so proud of you for <laughs> sticking with it. You. First of all, to start, because I knew that you had been pondering it for such a long time. And I was so proud of you that first night. I remember it at the Laughing Aww. Skull yeah, in Atlanta, the Georgia <laughs> on Peach Street. <laughs> Um, that was your first yeah. comedy show, and guys, she did amazing. I wish that I wish it was recorded somewhere, but I am telling you, I'm happy Thank that you. you stuck with it. And I would say, Katrina, if I had any, had any advice for you, just as your sister, um, I don't know anything about entertainment, but I would say I don't. I don't know. You anything know about, about entertainment. Go ahead. I mean, I can dance. This is a form. <laughs> wow, that's another. <laughs> So it's not a podcast. Quite frankly, right there, but go ahead. You ladies and gentlemen, you don't even know the skills this girl has. Oh, Jesus. That might be another conversation for another time. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to cut that out. Because <laughs> funny thing, I'll be dancing oh, okay. on the pole. <laughs> you got to preface that by saying. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. That is not in, that is not okay. in the club. That's not entertainment. Okay, you're right. Jesus is not in there. That made me forget what I have to say. 
<laughs> I don't know. Ooh. So if but I you, had to you give you got a talent though, let's be clear. Go ahead. I'm sorry. If I had to give you any encouragement as your sister, I would say keep going and seize every opportunity that comes your way. Truly do. And you know what? Um, Continue to pray about the opportunities that God wants you to take and those that need to be um, just left by the wayside. Because I believe that your steps are ordered and that you will not have to waste any more of your time waiting for that commitment. If you are really intentional about the um, the gigs that you take, if you're really intentional about continuing to believe, you can manifest this thing. Yes. You have the talent for it. So why not you? Why not? Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's very encouraging. It's and, true. and you're how I made it. You and other people who've just been in my corner, I would not have, I definitely wouldn't be here. I wouldn't. I would not have gotten on stage if you hadn't been there. Let's just be honest about that. If you and Ikele and I mean, everyone that came through, I'm grateful. Yeah. Well, you know, we always got your back. Mm-hmm. You know, our girls from, from back in the day, we may not talk every day, but we definitely have each other back. So... I want to thank you for tonight. I want to encourage you and other people in the entertainment business to keep going. We do need to be entertained. We truly do need to be entertained and we truly love your craft. We don't take it for granted. And so keep pressing, keep creating with your bodies and your voices. And we appreciate you guys. Thank you. It's with love that I leave you guys. This podcast may contain copyrighted material and may not have been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This should constitute as fair use under Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. If you wish to use any material from this podcast and or site that go beyond fair use, you must obtain express permission from the copyright owner.